Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. Today we're going to turn you into the coolest parents who are able to speak eloquently with your children in a way about money that keeps them coming back for more great stories. Will Rainey is the author of Grandpa's Fortune Fables and he is the founder of Blue Tree Savings. I know he's equally passionate about financial literacy as we are here on Your Money. Welcome to the show, Will Rainey. Hey, good morning. Pleasure to be speaking to you this morning, Michelle. Yeah, congratulations on your book, Grandpa's Fortune Fables. Is this the first book you put together for kids about money, Will? Yes. Yeah, no, it's my first book. So I've been writing for about two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, my first book. Fantastic. So why children in particular? Why are they your first audience as a writer? So a lot of it is I moved. I, I was able to leave my full-time job. Um, and to spend more time with my young children and I just thought it was an amazing opportunity and I wanted to have that for my children and so I thought well most children there's not many resources out there Mm. and so I thought right I'm going to do something in my time when my children are at school so I'm going to focus on helping parents teach their kids about money so they can have these kind of opportunity to spend time with their families or do whatever they like when they're older. Absolutely. And, and in that research, it turns out that kids learn most of their adult money behaviors by the age of seven, which yeah. kind of blew my mind when I first heard of it. So it's just so, so important that we talk to kids about money because it impacts their whole life. Yeah, that's really interesting because we think, you know, kids only start learning about money when they actually have money of their own, like pocket money at the age of when they first go to school, seven, eight or so. But uh, yeah, interesting to you, that you say research shows most habits around money are set by the age of seven. So let's back up a little and tell us about your money story. You were able to leave your full-time job, so effectively retire. You sound pretty young. So yeah, I was very lucky. So I've I've been fortunate enough. So I've been working in finance for so many, many years. And then in 2019, yeah, my wife and I were working in Hong Kong at the time, decided that we're going to leave our full-time jobs, uh, maybe forever, hopefully, um, <laughs> to spend spend time with our kids whilst they're young. Um, but we realized that when we were leaving Hong Kong, a lot of people were saying, how can we afford to do that? Mm. And I've worked, and this is colleagues and peers and clients, and it's a case of, well, we've just been saving and investing for the longest time. And we kind of assumed lots of people were doing that. Mm. But it turns out we're in a very small minority. And it turns out it's just that our parents were savers, <laughs> and so we became savers. Um, and it just comes from that. So even though lots of people had the knowledge about uh, saving and investing, not many people were actually doing it. And so we were in this kind of small minority. So yes, yeah, so we, we thought, well, we've got our savings. Let's make the most of it and take the time off. You started saving and investing from, from what, when you first started work? How, far, how long yeah, is not- this runway for investing? Yeah. Yeah, so I probably, uh, yeah, just after started, finished university, so I was 21 and I'm, I'm now just 40. Um, so over that period of time and sort of buying my first property when I was, I was kind of 24 in the UK um, and sort of using that as a, an income source now um, and yeah, just investing in the stock market in the most simplest of ways, a bit like uh, Andrew Harlem who you had on the show not that long ago. Do you know Andrew? Uh, I've spoke with him briefly uh, via LinkedIn. We're, we're connected. <laughs> okay, great. Okay, great. That was a fun conversation too. So um, what did you most want kids to understand in Grandpa's Fortune Fables? It seems to me that you're trying to put across two key values, and that is keep the money you have 
think of them as little acorns. And if they're acorns, you can grow them as well. So think about how you can make the most of your money. Those are two key areas. Yeah, no, exactly. So when I've been speaking to parents and talking to my kids about money, I use this, this fantastic analogy, which has been used many, many times before, but it's trying to get kids to think of money like seeds. And those seeds can be given away, and that's like spending. And they'll kind of pick that up naturally just by going to the shops and seeing what their parents do with money. But it helps them say, right, what does it mean when we plant these seeds? And what happens to those seeds when we do plant them? And it just if they can see that if they save that money and invest that money, or they plant those seeds, they'll grow into these kind of forests. And it just helps them, A, see money into the future, but it also get some visualizing this kind of financial forest. And I've always said to my daughters and, and anyone who would listen that it's those who have this kind of financial forest are the ones who are going to grow up to be financially healthy and financially wealthy. So I really want children to understand that's their goal, but also help them via the stories in Grandpa's Fortune Fables about why, aren't, why isn't everyone doing this? Why doesn't everyone have their forest? So going through some of the, one of the most popular stories is one about this character who wants to go and plant his uh, his forest mm-hmm. and he has to go through the village but every time he goes into the village someone's there to giving him a good deal and he never ends up planting his forest and it's this going through all right in the real world that's what happens people want to save but they end up spending and therefore what they need to do is go go around the village and plant the seeds and again just helps kids see the important lessons via stories and, and visualization yeah so he starts to shop in the village is that what happens yeah, so the grandpa teaches him to go around the village, plant his seeds, and then go and see the shops and the, his friends in the village afterwards. So save before you spend. Oh, I love that analogy. Really fantastic. So you mentioned that interesting um, factoid, you know, kids pick up their habits about money. They're pretty much set by age seven. So when you were putting this book together, um, how did you try to make sure that you were conveying the concepts as simply and as cleanly as possible? And what age group did you have in mind when you were writing this? Yeah, so I started to write some of these stories in part of my blogs um, two years ago. So my daughters at the time were sort of six and four at that time. So I was kind of writing it for them because they were my guinea pigs. I was doing bedtime (laughs) stories, making them up. So I had to make it engaging for them. I wanted to come up with interesting stories and characters. I always found that if kids have a character or two different characters, one's kind of good and one's kind of bad, and you Mm -hmm. say, which kind of character do you want to be? So one of the bits in the book was about a character who's rich and one who's wealthy, one who, one who has, seems to have lots of money but spends it all and the other one who looks after it but isn't too flamboyant. And they, by the end of the story, they all want to be like this, this wealthy character. And so I wanted to make it engaging like that and I wanted it to be for kids, for parents to read to their kids as young as four, but for kids who are seven and, and over to, to be able to read on their own, learn these concepts and start putting them into action as well. And I think that was the key bit of it. I wanted it to have these, char- these actions as well for kids to follow so it's not just learning it's learning and actions yeah let's talk a little bit about it parents often struggle when thinking about making the subject of money fun because i mean face it for some adults the the topic of money can be pretty daunting pretty frightening people want to look away from it so um how do your books how does this book help make the subject of money engaging for kids do you have any tips for parents yeah so the key piece is to try and 
So the reason I've written the book is to have stories, use real-world examples. Uh, don't be afraid um, of money and children uh, learning about money. So even if it's a bad story, try and look for positives in the real world. So even if some, I know some parents who are, who are in debt and they are struggling financially, but it's trying to say to them, look, try and find a nice little story about it. Say, right, what have you learned from that? What are you going to do differently in the, in the future? And so I encourage parents to a, use that tree analogy because it just makes it more visual and fun and say, right, this is where we were trying to grow our forest, but we didn't do so well here, but this is what we're doing now. And it just makes it so much easier for parents to do that. But the reason I've, I've written the book is I really want parents to read the book with their children. Mm. And the best feedback that I've had so far from it is the parents saying, I've read this book with my children. We've had some fantastic conversations and I've learned so much as well because I say most parents or adults are struggling with money because they were never taught themselves. And we get this <laughs> continuous cycle of people, parents who have never been taught and trying to teach their children. So I really want this book to be the sort of catalyst for parents to learn, but also children to, to sort of start engaging and talking to their uh, parents and friends and, and teachers, etc., about money in a fun way, which is not about the actual numbers. It's about what you do with your money, what actions are you taking, which mm. can be fun and lighthearted and, and not intimidating. Will Rainey is the author of Grandpa's Fortune Fables. It's his first book. He's also founder of Blue Tree Savings. What's Blue Tree Savings, Will? Yeah, so it's Blue Tree Savings is a platform for parents who want to go and learn about money so they can teach their kids. So on there, I have a huge amount of resources in terms of uh, articles I've written that covers pretty much every different money topic from investing through to uh, what is cryptocurrency, what is the greater fall theorem, all the way down to just basics of what's good habits. And um, But on there, I've also got links to the book and an investment guide as well, because I really want to see all in parents start to invest them. If they're, if they're saving for their kids, that, that money really should be invested because they've got a long time horizon. But most parents have never been taught about investing, and therefore I wanted to provide a, a free guide to help parents start to invest for their kids. So what can parents do with the example of pocket money, um, you know, to, to teach them about principles of the usage of money? What do you think parents can start with pocket money to do? Yeah, so I think pocket money is one of the most underrated financial education tools there is. As money is so much about habits rather than knowledge. It's about what actions do we take. And so with pocket money, we can if we give children pocket money, it doesn't matter how small from the youngest age, so even from a slightly four years old, but get them every time that they get their pocket money just to save a little bit. It doesn't matter how much. So even if it's just, if they get $5 saving $1 and putting that aside, every time that they get that pocket money, by the time they become adults, they'll just be saving and it will just be, it's just what I've always done. <laughs> and that's what they'll say to their friends when they've got these, these savings. So using pocket money to create new habits, make, help children make decisions, but importantly, show that money isn't just for spending. Because as I say, going back to children have those habits by the age of seven. Most children mm-hmm. who have never been taught are only going to see money for spending and it's going to be money for spending, money for spending. Yeah. And that's going to get hardwired. So the younger that we can teach them that money is for spending and, and spending is fine, but it's also good for giving to charity or and saving for the long term. Um, then they're going to have such an advantage uh, over many, many children who have never been taught um, about financial education.
I think we're seeing children become digitally native, right? Starting to use digital money from a very, very young age. So, for example, in school canteens here, we have debit cards so that kids can get accustomed to cashless pocket money. What do you think of this whole notion of cashless money in the hands of children? So, I think it's one of these uh, pieces which can be very, very powerful. Like, the technology is fantastic Mm. and the apps being able to visualize it. But it has its downsides. Without any education behind it, money is invisible. It's just a number on a screen. It's just a a tap of a button. Mm. So as parents and as guardians, we need to be more proactive than ever to teach children about what is this money that's on this screen or on this app? Where does it come from? Where does it go? What's happening when they they do tap their card? Because money is essentially becoming invisible to our children. Mm. And so we've got to be more and more proactive to teach them um, what is this money? And the more, because some parents I know see these apps as a financial education tool. Sadly, they're not. Mm. And the analogy I use is to say, well, if I just gave my child a calculator, they're not suddenly going to be good at maths. We have to educate them and then give them a calculator, then they'll be fantastic at maths. And what we need to make sure is we give our children this amazing technology, but we also give them the education. And that's where Blue Tree and my, hopefully my book is going to help put those two in tandem and then you'll have these kids who have got this fantastic technology and the know-how. So one of the, the, the key areas that parents struggle with is wanting to give their kids everything and also teaching them about money. So, you know, a lot of parent, children think that cash comes from this endless tap called Bank of Dad. Um, how do you deal with that with your kids? What do you tell them about where money comes from? Yeah, so this is so, so important uh, to be able to teach kids that they, the earnings. So probably from the age of around 11 or 12, I really recommend that parents look for ways that their children can earn some pocket money. Um, and this could be doing some, not just everyday chores like making the bed or doing the dishes. I believe that should just be done uh, as part of being a member of the family. Mm. But there's other pieces such as if there is any gardening or if there's a, a vehicle to be washed, um, other bits that you might as a parent what pay someone else to do you essentially use your child to, to do that or get encourage the children to start their own little business and again some of the stories that I've heard from people who have read my book so children creating their own customized bookmarks and selling it to their friends at school mm. again the sooner children earn uh, understand where money comes from by doing jobs themselves so if they have to do a bit of work and see that all right that took me an hour and it I earned ten dollars they're going to look after that $10 more than if the parents just gave it to them. And then they start to appreciate this value for money. And so this is something I really encourage all parents to try and help their kids earn some money from as young as possible. So give them the opportunity to earn their own money and not necessarily with chores. So they don't learn that, you know, just being clean is something you should be rewarded with, right? Yeah, well, that's like, different people have different opinions. But my 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 personal view is that my, it's like I'm not going to pay my children to make their own bed. <laughs> uh, um, so, well, I know some people do that, and that's fine. But my, yeah, but we have like, we have vehicles, so we 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 get my children to, to wash our vehicles and stuff. Because like, like generally, I'd probably go and pay someone to do that <laughs> sometimes for me. So I'd get my children to do it. Um, so you're growing little capitalists, are you? I mean, are they genuinely interested in? entrepreneurship your kids 
Um, yes, they are. Um, they're still so they're they're nine and seven now, and they're starting to get more to ideas about this. And whenever they they, they sort of recreate something in the kitchen, they're like, oh, maybe we could sell this to our friends. So they're getting there, but <laughs> not as much as I had one neighbour in Hong Kong, and he was just a born uh, entrepreneur. He, I remember he had a lemonade stand, and I remember seeing him the next day. I said, oh, what are you going to do with the money that you made from mm-hmm. the lemonade stand? Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm going to go and buy more lemons because I want to make more. And I was like, wow. Scaling <laughs> he didn't up, think about huh? selling. Yeah, yeah, no, he was scaling <laughs> up. Um, and then he, he bought drones and sold them. So, <laughs> so I think some kids... Some kids, I think, are just natural entrepreneurs, but it's never really harnessed in most of the schooling systems around the world. Schools will um, give opportunities for arts, academia, sports, but entrepreneurship's not really one of those. And I believe it is a talent, and some children will naturally have it. Some will learn it. Um, And so the more that parents can sort of of put this idea into mind that it's an opportunity, because when I was growing up, Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship was just never talked about. It was, you go to school, you get good grades, you get a graduate job, and, and then you work for, for 40 years. And it just never came up about entrepreneurship. So the more that we can teach kids that there is this other route um, in the future, if you find interesting ways to, to make something better or something new, um, you can earn money that way. Um, I think it just opens up these uh, opportunities. Yeah, you're right. I mean, even when I was growing up, I used to teach ballet classes in school and charge 10 cents a class. And uh, I had great fun doing that. But I remember feeling like your job as a kid was just to study and not worry about money until later on in life. (laughs) And it was assumed that you were suddenly going to grow up with these skills of, of managing money. And so you're bringing that whole cycle forward. Yes, yes. And, uh, and children are genuinely interested. When you do talk to them about money, they, they are inquisitive. They do ask great, great questions. And mm. at the end of each chapter in, in my book, I have a little question for the children to sort of discuss with their, their parents or their teachers or their friends. Um, and yeah, the feedback has been, wow, the, the insights I get into my child. <laughs> it's been fascinating. Can you share um, some of these uh, innocent questions? What, what are the things kids want to know about money? Yeah, no, so one of the questions at the end of the book, one of the chapters is, why is it important to save before you start spending? And just some of the insights um, that have been is, oh, because you need to be able to help other people if you have savings. And I thought, wow, <laughs> children have already have in their mind about helping others. And again, we don't really get to see that in our day-to-day lives in a lot of cases, but they thought, oh, money can be used to help others. And I thought, wow, that's a fantastic story and that, that child's <laughs> going to make a big difference and a big positive impact in the world. Um, but it just gets them, gets them thinking, it gets parents thinking as well, right? <laughs> why, why should we, why is this so important? So just having these little questions uh, just sparks great conversations. What are your thoughts on how parents who themselves may be in a tough place financially, you know, the people losing jobs, there's inflation that is right here uh, in many spots of the world. So for parents who themselves are struggling, what uh, can they do if they want to teach their kids about money but are feeling some sort of personal hesitancy, you know, thinking I'm not a great example myself? Sure. I think this is the really, really topical uh, piece at the moment, given the, the pandemic. So one of the key pieces that all parents can teach their kids to be great with money, it doesn't matter how good they are with money, how good the child is with numbers, just helping your child to save a little bit every time they get some money from a young age is going to have the biggest impact on them. You don't have to teach them to be uh, geniuses with money and know all of the different acronyms that we, we kind of get to know in the financial world. But also make sure that you, as a parent, if you are 
feeling stressed. Try not to put any of that stress onto your child. So don't not say anything about money, but when you do talk to your children about money, try and find positives. Look to the future about, right, you, you might have done something in your life that hasn't worked out, but now is the time to, to change. And it's never too young to start teaching kids about money, and it's never too late for, for parents to, to make a change and improve their financial position and using their children as the catalyst to say, right, now I need to be a good role model. I'm going to start paying off my debts, and I'm going to start building up the savings. And that's some of the stories I've heard over the last two years, and that's been uh, yeah, such a positive buzz <laughs> from me, a parent, saying, I, I've read your blogs. I've oh. now read your book. Oh. Uh, I'm gonna, I've learned something new, and then to be a good role model for my child, I'm going to make some changes. Never too late. Wonderful. So the book is Grandpa's Fortune Fables. Will, where is it available? So it's available on Amazon uh, in uh, ebook, paperback, and hardback. Uh, and I'm currently looking to work with uh, a bookstore in Singapore. So hopefully in the future, I'll have some uh, <laughs> bookstores that your listeners can go to. Absolutely fabulous. But for now, we can get a physical and a Kindle copy through Amazon? Yes, yes okay, that's correct. Wonderful. Well, all the best, Will. Uh, great speaking with you about the book. And hopefully sometime down the road, we'll hear more about Blue Tree Savings. Thanks for being with us. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg. Or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.